You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside the Man Box. I am Rick Fry. And we are brought to you by Oneness Ministries, grace-based, hope-filled, spirit-led counseling, teaching, training, and life coaching. To learn more about us, go to our website at oneness-ministries.org. The dash is important. Dash is important. Also, Marshall Fence, the premier residential and commercial fence company in the Oklahoma City metro area. Contact them at 405-691-1191 or visit their website, marshallfence.com. Dot com. <laughs> do they sing it when they do it any other way? No. No. Yeah, just... Uh, Dallas Jenkins is the only one that does that. Oh, right. My guest today is my one of my best friends. Yes. Um, he's the guy that got all this insanity started. Jeremy Griffin. Hello, everybody. How are you, Jeremy? I'm good. I mean, I started off the day kind of crappy, but I'm good. Yeah. And I mean that because the I, the... Um, I grabbed the plunger in our bathroom and it was full of water. And if a plunger is already full of water, it's full of crappy water. Oh, that's not good. No. Fresh out of the shower, too. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, man. This is inside the man box, right? This is inside the this man box. This is what box. men talk about. They do. They talk about crappy stuff. <laughs> Unclogging toilets. And sometimes clogging toilets. Well, that's true. Yeah, it was... Uh, I. I wanted to rip my wife on this one, but I, I didn't. I refrained. Good. And I just texted her what happened as a fact and not no accusations. <laughs> Which right. Which I mean, is from the start is an accusation. Absolutely it is. But <laughs> thankfully she responded with blaming our son. So that works great. Oh good. good. <laughs> Somebody's gotta pay for this. Somebody does. Well, this is not the United States government. That's right. People there are consequences outside Absolutely of Absolutely yes. there are consequences. Yes. And he so. will be dealing with them later today. <laughs> be learning how to plunge a toilet and then shake the plunger <laughs> before you pull it out. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know I've been doing inside the man box a year. A year, yeah. Uh, a year, and I've loved every minute of it. And what it's caused me to do is to be curious mm. about other media. And I have fallen in love with video. And I've been. It's easy to do. <laughs> it is. I mean, it really it is. It really is. Yeah. Um, because the equipment's really cool. Right. And the software is really cool. It's hard as, excuse me, listeners, as hell to learn. Mm. I'm working with Final Cut Pro, which is the, it is the software standard for video editing. Yeah, for the most part. I, I used to think it was uh, uh, Pro. Um, Premiere. Premiere Pro, but yeah. this thing, this is so much more sophisticated. Than well, you know, it's one of those things, it's uh, Microsoft or Apple, you know, I mean, it's that kind of an argument. Uh -huh. I mean... I know, like, the Thunder uh, uses Premiere now. They started with Final Cut, now they use Premiere. And I think the reason they use Premiere is because they switched to Windows PCs as ah. opposed to Macs. But, um, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is, and I like it, and I love the challenge of it. But, man, there's a lot to learn. Yeah. I've spent the last six months, Jeremy, preparing to do what is what I'm trying to do. It's either going to be vlogging 
are documentaries. Yeah, well. I start my first documentary this morning. Oh, wow. With a group of people. They don't know it yet. Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> it's called Branch 15. And they are um, involved in recovery for women mm. who are coming out of prison and have to have a place to live and have to be trained to do jobs. And a lot of these women are um, uh, victims of abuse their whole lives. Wow. And so I'm going to call the documentary Finding Your Voice. Mm. And then we're going to talk about the programs they do and hopefully get um, people who have, uh, some women who have been through the program. I don't want to, I don't want to interfere with people going into the program and doing the program, but I want to interview people who have come out of it and talk about the results. Yeah. And having found their voice. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm. So we'll start that this morning. I'm going to shoot some stills and maybe some, some B-rolls and then set up interviews. Yeah. So, anyway, it's I gonna be good. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to talk about that, but yeah. it just kind of came out. Yeah, that's right. So, in your opinion, yeah, what is the difference between vlogging, um, filmmaking, and document making, shooting documentaries? Uh, there's a lot, a lot of differences. Uh, when I think of vlogging, I mean it's literally what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a video podcast is the best way of putting that you can there's more to that like um i've got uh some friends that have a great youtube channel called our our not so perfect life and they're rvers and so theirs is definitely a vlog and what they'll do is you know just kind of take a week of their build build a video over about a week i guess Mm -hmm. um, tell Mm -hmm. a story and uh they do an amazing job of production um but you know, and I don't know how much footage they shoot, but I, it's got to be a ton. Yeah. So anyway, so it's something like that. It's it's like a short form doc in a way. Um, the a documentary, of course, is uh, similar to. It's like the midway point, in my opinion, between a vlog and a film. It's it is a film, and there's you know basically, and then this is by no means the definition. You know, if you get into definitions, they are very clear cut. And you probably have them. Yeah. There, there it is. <laughs> but as far as the approach to it, if I'm going to shoot a documentary, I'm basically telling a story about uh, something mm-hmm. that is that should be told that nobody knows. It's an extended news story kind of a thing, but with no bias necessarily. Well, I mean, I suppose you can have bias. From what I've seen, uh, guys who shoot short documentaries create the story, then they create some sort of conflict then they reach a climax and then resolution. Yeah, which is every other film, too. I yeah, mean, which is a story. A story, It's a right. story, yeah. I, yeah, and I think, you know, it's funny because I just found out today they're going to make Tiger King 2 on Netflix. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I know. Yeah. And if, you know, Tiger King, for all intents and purposes, was a documentary, mm-hmm. you know, um, but that's not how people consumed it. They consumed it like a, a sort of like a sitcom and binged yes. it that way. Yes. Um, so I think, you know, the lines are very blurred in that world. And I, But, you know, I think fundamentally, when I think of documentary, I'm, there's no f- fiction involved. There's no recreation involved. It is what is happening. The actual players are part of the story. Whereas when you're making a film, you're telling a story, but you're not using the original people. Right. Even true or false. Or right. I mean, true or, <laughs> true or false. <laughs> true or, you know, fiction or fiction. non-fiction. Yeah, well, fiction or non-fiction, yeah. So anyway, I you know, I, and 
the approach is is similar. I mean, I think the the approach between filmmaking and documentaries is exactly the same. You just generally don't use as much special effects in docs, right? Yeah. Right. And and the story is well, I guess they're both content driven, but and, and the thing that I want, Jeremy, is quality. Mm. And there's so much work in making something look fresh and un let's see what unplanned yeah yeah the hardest thing to me about doing film (laughs) of any type uh or not film but well yeah i mean is that you have specific moments in time that you cannot control right and things that happen in the moment, and it's very difficult to capture it. So with audio, like this is one of the things with podcasting, same thing is true. Like if we sat down and had this conversation before we podcasted and then came in here and tried to kind of recreate it, it wouldn't be as natural, it wouldn't be as fresh, right? right? So the ideal thing is to have this conversation live and capture it, which is what we're doing, which is really easy when it's just audio. Right. Because as long as you hear me and I hear you, we've got the problem solved. When you add video to it, it's nowhere near as easy. Because you can just simply capture the video, but the lighting has to be right. The qual- the quality, I mean, to me, if you're going to have a great piece of work, I mean, the quality, the, the, the process has to be next level. You know, I, it's if you're going to tell a great story, do it, do it well. Do it well. And that's the hardest thing about it because man, you know, they talk about magic hour, for example, and you know, the sun setting, it's an amazing look and you can get some great video and you get to spend about 12 minutes, 12 minutes. is a long time. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you're seeing short time or whatever. Right. Yeah. I I hope your scene gets shot in 12 minutes. I hope nobody messes up. You know, (laughs) it's all of those factors. Well, I'm videoing this and I'm looking down at the monitor and we look pretty flat. Well, there you go. Yep. Perfect. Because yep. we don't have lights behind us. We don't have lights behind us. And I'm doing this because for practice. Sure. For training. So I look at this, I see it's acceptable mm-hmm. as I look at the at the monitor. It's acceptable acceptable, but You it, want more than acceptable. I want more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I've got to learn how to set up lights. Well that's yeah. You know, and we have two great lights. Yeah. It's just not one size fits all. No. That's the problem. It's it's gonna be it's gonna vary most every time. Now, if you control the studio like you do in this place, mm-hmm. uh, you can kind of get a locked in thing. But someone decides to wear a, you know a really bright shirt, and all of a sudden your colors all messed up. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> well, well, and I think too, you know, that has a lot to do with your auto settings, right? Sure. So, sure. You know, the more manual you can get your settings, the more consistent everything goes. Right. I just know that I love doing this. I've just had so much fun doing this. Mm. And as a ministry, um, our vision is to get to the message of Christ to the world. Yeah. And we have done that some with our podcasting. We have people listening in Canada. We have people listening in, oh, I don't know, there are other countries. Mm -hmm. And we have people listening in Nebraska and Texas and, um, this media medium mm-hmm. is great for that, but I think we can take it to an, another level. Sure, yeah, and, and I want to. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, man. Like you know, we've talked about this a lot, and 
with the different podcasts and, and stuff we do. I mean, even Stream Grace Network now, we offer a production package, like where we can, you know, turnkey someone, we do their production for them. Sure. Um, production meaning video pieces um, as well as audio. But, like, it's just that much more difficult. You know, I, I look at it because it's all of what audio is. All the things you need for audio are still there. Yes. Plus all the video elements. And, that, you know, and in this setting... You know, um, if your video content is exactly what this is, a podcast recording, it's okay to see big headphones. In my case, I'm wearing in-ears, but see big headphones or microphones and stuff. But when you start trying to tell a story with a documentary, that's a whole different ball of wax. A whole different ball of wax. You don't want to see that. You want to just capture that. Yep. And there's uh, the audio setups for most documentaries. There's there's usually two guys involved, at least one, of course, but – um, they'll do a boom miking, and mm-hmm. they'll use the the mics, MK whatever's that that you guys have, those Sennheisers. Yeah, they'll use those mics the on a boom. Shotgun mics. Yeah, the shotguns, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll boom them overhead. But they have a battery powered rack that kind of goes over their neck and shoulders, and it's control center right in front of them. So the audio's coming in and recording right there and tracking there, so they can just kind of go anywhere. But it's their whole job is to sound the recording. Yeah, and it's. It's a whole gig. <laughs> I know guys that do it full time. Do it full time and are trained. Yeah. Well, and the, I mean, it would be something, you know, if I, if if this world interested me enough, I would probably dive into that and do it myself. The problem is you can't kind of kind of do it. You got to do it or not. Right. But, um, you know, it's the challenge of miking things differently would be what I would like. You know, big windy days and you know. I bought a dead cat. You did get a dead cat. That's fun. <laughs> it's fun. For those of you listening who don't know what a dead cat is, it is a slang term for a big windscreen that looks like a dead cat. It's, it's very like, furry. Yeah, if you watch. Looks like Don King, the old promoter. There, for, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but if you watch videos that are shot outside and you see the mic and it has this big fuzzy thing, that's the dead cat. Yeah. Yep. Because hmm. it, it uh, eliminates a lot of noise. Right, yeah. Yep. I bought some, you know, we have those headset mics in my studio. Right. I bought little dead cats. They're like real small to go over the front of those mics. Seriously? Yeah, because I was trying to find a better way to get rid of some of the pops with those. And more than anything is the breathing noise. Those mics are right by your mouth and people can breathe and stuff. I mean, good thing they breathe. But anyway, so I put those dead cats on. They ultimately didn't do any better than what I already was doing, so (laughs) I didn't use them. Not to mention it just looked weird, you know, just this big... Great fuzzy, fuzzy ball. ball. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So um I I want to read some stats about now most vloggers are YouTubers. Yeah. Matter of fact, the, the terms are interchangeable as you research sure. what this is. And there's a guy named PewDiePie. Yep. Has a hundred and ten million subscribers. Yeah. Can you imagine that? It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Go ahead with your... Well, the next one is a guy named... Or maybe it's a woman. I'm not sure. Kids Dinah Show. Mm -hmm. 81.4 million subscribers. Mm -hmm. And they go down from there. The next one is 75.6 million subscribers. What are they doing to get that sort of attention? Well, man... (laughs) If you had the answer, you'd be doing it. well, Well, no, I have the answer, and that's why I'm not doing it. I mean, so first off... uh early adopters they've been in the game for a long time okay. that's a big part of it um the other thing is you know 
understanding the process of subscriptions. When I logged into my YouTube account a couple years ago, I thought I'd never subscribed to anything. I just went where I wanted to go, right? So I went and subscribed to something, and I went to go find that. So I clicked on subscriptions, and little did I know I was subscribed to 90 different channels. I was subscribed to them because my son used my YouTube account and hit subscribe because they always say, like and subscribe. Yeah. And so he would go and do that. And so I had all of these kids' channels. Um, the one he watches is called Dan TDM, watches them a lot, and uh, some other family. I can't remember their name. Anyway, he watches a couple of them. Guava Juice, he watches that one. And these are all things that, you know, most of the time it's incredibly stupid. I mean, by you and I's standard of entertainment, <laughs> zero value to us, right? <laughs> um, some of these are just simply unboxing. They open up a new toy and show how the toy works and play with the toy. I mean, it's as simple as that. And so you have to understand, like, when you're growing, you know, looking at those kind of numbers, that's not anything that you'll likely ever attain because you have millions of kids stuck in front of a screen who have the ability to subscribe, and when they're told to do that by somebody that they've enjoyed, they'll do it. In fact, if they're told to do it by somebody they didn't enjoy, they'll still do it if they're not aware of it. And so um, that's part of it. But, the, you know, when you go to PewDiePie, his deal, um, he's an online gamer, so he was streaming online games oh. forever and from Twitch and some of these other platforms. And so... Um, you know, used to back, you know, when I was growing up and I had Nintendo, you had to, you got Nintendo, I think, can't remember what it was called, but they had a magazine and the magazine would sometimes give you cheat codes and things like that or walkthroughs, how to get through a game. Yeah. Well, now that's all done on YouTube. So, so people, and you know, it's funny, people will game and I enjoy watching people game like my kids. I used to enjoy watching them play. Well, that's all that is. You start streaming, and then you and you're somewhat entertaining with your dialogue, and then you're playing the game. I mean, it's as good as playing the game for some people. <laughs> so it just becomes uh, very viral, and it's something that I don't think people understand, especially people over the age of forty, is that there is way more ratings on vlogs than there are on television shows, and I think it's hard for people to get that. Wow. But like, typically, for example. Um, I watch Tim Pool. He's got a website, or I mean, a, a vlog called Timcast IRL. Or, yeah, and then Tim, he's got several, but but it's a two and a half hour live stream every night um, with different guests. It's two and a half hours. Oh yeah, it, roughly. Yeah, and and it's political commentary. They talk about news stories, and this you know Jack Prasovic's a pretty prominent um, conservative voice. Um, uh, Tim Pool is not conservative. He's a uh, He's a centrist, if anything. He's probably left of center. But he's a he's a journalist. And he started Timcast IRL a couple of years ago. It's got more viewership, more subscribers than CNN does, than Tucker Carlson does at night. I mean, wow. things like that. Yeah. And and that's, you know, because of the power of what it is. And that's the live stream. The other thing is, that's great about the live stream, is if you miss a live stream, it doesn't matter. It's still there. You go watch it later. Right. And I think that's a big thing that people understand is that the on-demand facet is huge. You know, we, we the only thing we do right now that in our lives for, for the most part that people do is watch sports live. Other than that, it's just when I want to watch it, I watch it. Right. And 
So I think that's a big part of why these things have such success. And the subscription part of that, I mean, you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. So subscriptions are pretty important. Yeah. I mean, we want people to subscribe to our podcast for the same reason. Sure. Sure. I mean, I do, you know, conversations with Jeremy Griffin and I do the, the Redux Church podcast. Those are the two podcasts that are mine. And then I'm on three other podcasts as a guest, I mean, as a, a co-host. Well, the problem is for me is my two podcasts, I don't get to record every week. Um, one is guest dependent, so I don't get to record unless I've gone out and gotten a guest and I'm a busy guy, yeah. <laughs> so I don't do that very often. Um the other one is content specific, and because of the other three, I usually cover the content that I want to cover <laughs> on my podcast. So, so I say that to say, you know, sometimes a month goes by before I have a new episode because of just life. And without the subscription, it's just hard to get anybody to to be able to listen to it. But when you're subscribed to it, then people are notified. Hey, I, there's a new episode, and it's very passive notification. So. Do you? Um, I don't have to ask for your opinion usually because you're pretty free with it. <laughs> That's true. What What would you say to somebody? Well, let's just say somebody like me who's interested in this. Um, I kind of know what I'm getting myself into. Sure. Um, and I'm 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 learning through experience, and I'm learning from um, mistakes. I make you make a lot of mistakes. How would you advise somebody who's interested in getting into vlogging or any type of video? What would you tell them? Run or <laughs> go for it? I'm out, but go for it. Well, I think it's important that you count the cost um, beyond, like the time cost. I think that's huge um, because ultimately, if you can't be consistent, then it's going to be hard to be effective. Um, I'm not saying it, you can't be, it's certainly doable, but you know, when you, when you figure out, and this is why I, you know, I like what you're doing now recording the video of this because it's, again, it's practicing. So before you kind of commit to a thing, you get in here, you do it and you start counting the cost, you know, and, and my, our company and really what's been, what I do my whole life is make production efficient, find ways to do it faster, cheaper, and keep the quality at least as good. And in a lot of cases, I think on the audio side, a lot of times we end up with better end results. I think so. And so um, that is my whole goal. So when it comes to, like, I could do, for for me personally, it would only take me about an extra hour and a half to do a, a vlog of my podcast versus just the podcast um, because of the method and mechanisms that I use. But it would also take a very specific setup. So we have a studio across town uh, designed for, we have three spots in the studio. One is for a one person stand up, one is for a two person stand up, and one is for a two person sit down. And all three of them require different lighting looks and different miking techniques and different camera angles. Hmm. And so uh, you notice I didn't say three person anything. Right. Three people make it that much more difficult. Yes. And tell me about it. Right. And the, and the additional costs that go with that. So um, there's, there's several approaches. The approach that I took counting the cost, but mostly in time, it's always time because, because financial costs are one time, but time costs are every time. <laughs> so, um, that was the approach that I took. Now, as soon as I add a third person or, or have to change that changes my camera setup pretty significantly. 
So what would take me, you know, a 40 minute uh, podcast that's got a video element that's recorded would take me about an hour to produce after the fact. Would If I had to switch it to a three-person um, setup, most likely um, that number would go from, from an hour afterwards to four hours. It's not like an extra hour. Easily, easily yeah. four hours. And, and so much of that, the editing time is such a, a big, bigger difference. Now, with our current method, they're still editing, um, but without getting into the weeds of what we do, um, it's just way more efficient and time effective to do it the way we do it, but it's limited to two people. Um, you know this, but my wife and uh, Sharon Sosa have started this new, uh, uh, it's video podcasting. Yeah. Uh, vodcasting or whatever you want to call it. And they want to bring in as many as four people. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It's a nightmare doing three people. Right. The the ones they've done so far have been three people. I spend, you say four hours, I spend probably six hours editing these things. Sure. And I'm I'm detailed enough that I enjoy editing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, it, I'm not a focused person. I'm pretty ADD, but on certain things... I can maintain that focus, mm-hmm. especially if I'm engaged and I, and um, I like what I'm doing. I'm, my career before this was painting, right? And I could fo- um, being ADD and sitting down and looking at a white canvas caused conflict every time mm. because how do I get what's in my head onto the surface? Right. So I'd sit and stare, and then I would start working, and it'd be twelve hours later. Right. Right. And so I have the ability to focus and editing is sort of like that because I'm building something. Mm-hmm. I'm putting things together, different elements together to hopefully make it interesting. Now I'm limited because I don't understand the software. Right, right. But but the thing is, if you know what you want to accomplish, you can very specifically say, how do I? Yes, and, and get learn. the YouTubes. Right, exactly. And that's what I've been doing. Now I've I watched a... a a guy last week and he gave me or he in this youtube he gave me gave us lists of things that we need to do in order to understand how to use final cut pro mm. because just going and seeking out something that you need to accomplish a task mm-hmm. he says that is the worst way the hardest way to yeah. learn how to use a lot this. of times you, yeah because a lot of times you're working backwards you find right. simpler ways of doing things like for example in our method one of the things is is duplicating a video, right? So we shoot one video widescreen in 4K, and then we do some crops. And so we, the if you didn't learn how to do it more efficiently, what what we basically would do is make three copies of that video and then import them into Final Cut as three separate camera angles. Yes. But in Final Cut, you can create three instances of a, of a video, so you just have one copy of the video, but you still can edit it like three. Wrap just drastically drastically cuts the time down yes it really does and you stack these you stack these stills and these b-rolls on top of each other right and and, you know learning how to do that i go i I didn't even know what a b-roll was right i mean i'm i'm this crazy person who takes on tasks that i have no idea how to do Mm -hmm. and so i just learn it that's but that's fun it's fun that's what's fun to me it's, you know, the thing that's hard for me, because I do this for a business now, 
but I've done this for 20 years just making my money on my, my own, right? So just working for people. Right. And doing it as a business is a little different feel because if I get into a circumstance, if I'm hired to do a job, most of the time I'm, I'm going above and beyond what my job requirement is. So I never have any pressure. Like when I work for running sound at the arena, for example, my job is just to run sound for the arena. It's not to hook anything up, solve any problems, but I hook things up and solve problems. So if I ever come across something I can't do, doesn't matter. It wasn't my job in the first place. <laughs> so I don't, I, there's no stress, right? No stress, I, yeah. I mean, there's internal stress sometimes, but as far as executing, but when you run the, the company and that's what you're doing, then it, it changes because now it is my job. Every problem that exists, ultimately I'm going to have to solve it. And that's okay because I, I feel like I can, but it took 20 years to feel confident in that, you know? We're going to take a quick break. All right. And I have a commercial that I want to play. Exciting. And I hope I push the right button. In a not-so-stable world, it is crucial to amplify the right message. At the Stream Grace Network, our goal is to do just that. We are adding to our stable of podcasters every month, and we are growing. This is where you come in. We want to share in that growth. If you are a small business owner looking to grow your business, we'd love it if you'd consider allowing one of our podcasters to endorse you, your products, or services. The best part is that endorsement will never stop running in any episode it is a part of, ever. This is a unique and rare benefit in digital advertising. We want everything we do to be uplifting and to encourage positive growth. And we'd love to partner with you. For more information, visit us online at StreamGrace.com or email us at support at StreamGrace.com. God bless. Hey, that was a good commercial. That was a great commercial. I don't know who that guy is, but he's got a velvet voice. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You got to turn it on, though. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. You gotta turn it on. You, you gotta, gotta, you gotta on. have the voice. I don't know that I even do, but <laughs> I, I, I enjoy listening to you. Oh man! I know. I enjoy the quality of your voice. I also enjoy, um, and I, I'm, I'm assuming it's experience, but you don't stumble. You rarely oh. stumble when you're ta- talking about something. I don't know. I feel like I stumble all the time. Really? Yeah. Well, we don't notice it. That's good. Yeah, we don't notice it. Now, I stumble sometimes. I don't notice it either, so. Yeah. Um, back to our topic. dun da da dun What, if you, if you could get a do-over <laughs> with your career, what would you do differently? Um, nothing. Really? Yeah, I mean... I was hoping for more conversation. I know. Well, and, and I can talk about why nothing. You know, I, I ask this question a lot in conversations. I used to ask this question a lot. I don't anymore because I get this answer a lot. Um, but I would ask people about regret. You know, what would they change oh, about yeah. their life? We, we are a product of what we've done, you know? I I think if if someone impressed me of something that i would be curious i don't think i would do anything different but something that an opportunity i had that i would have been curious to see where it took me um was in broadcast and um 
it was basically the traveling sports side of broadcast. So like right now, uh, the extent of broadcast work I've done has been local. It's still still the same concepts of broadcast, but it's uh, for for internal use. So for example, with with the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, it's the internal in arena broadcast. So it didn't leave the the state the the arena. Um, but I worked for Fox Sports a couple times and ESPN and ABC and I, and Cox. I did a couple times where it was doing broadcast for, for network distribution and uh, had the opportunity to get into that career. And what it would have done is required me to be traveling basically at least Thursday through Sunday. So I'd be out of town Thursday through Sunday. Every uh, week. Er, pretty much, pretty yeah, much. for the most part. Football season every week. Well, that would be for football, so really just that time frame. But then you get into all the other sports, and then you're gone at random times, whether it's softball or golf or baseball, right, whatever, right. basketball. Uh, so I had that opportunity and, and just kind of walked away from it um, because I also am a minister and work in church and have this whole last 20 years of my life too. And uh, I just I wasn't ready to do that, and I didn't, I just didn't want to be gone. You know, didn't, but you know, the guys that I know that do it still great friends with them and they love it. And there's aspects of it. I think I would love, there's parts I would hate to, I don't like traveling in general, yeah. you know? So, um, and especially in this post COVID world, I would definitely be hosed because I just don't want to have anything to do with flying, uh, in this post COVID world or COVID world. I guess we're not post COVID because that will be around for all eternity now. Cause well, if you want more of my opinion on this, you can listen to Scatter Shooting every Wednesday <laughs> at one o'clock with Randy Renner. Yep. <laughs> Do tune that tune in because it's really, truly good, really entertaining. It is entertaining. They're usually drunk by the time they're finished. No, I'm never drunk. <laughs> Randy sometimes. <laughs> Often. Often. <laughs> um so you 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 made a you made a clear choice to <laughs> this is this you love this. You made a clear choice to serve God, as opposed to chasing something that maybe you would have been really good at, or I don't know. I don't know how to put that, but yeah. you made a choice. Yeah, I definitely made a choice, and it wasn't a hard one. I won't say that either, because I had been. I mean, it would have been a career change. I had already been doing ministry so it's probably fundamentally easier for me to stay in ministry anyway yeah. no 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 changes right um but i think the other thing is rick man you know i have a heart to to help people accomplish these kind of things right this is why this company even exists yeah. and so we would not be here well and that's just it that that blesses me yeah. so much and and not being if i was doing the broadcast thing i would have all of this knowledge but not be able to give it to anybody. Right. I mean, I could maybe get, you know, here and there, but when you're gone all the time, you, you would time. Yeah. Right. And and that would be my career. I mean, it's a it's a six-figure career. I mean, it would yeah. be a good career, but it's it's not it's not what I want to do. I, these things are mechanisms. They're 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 um means to an end. And that end is to get the word out. Whatever the word is. I believe every human being has a word in them. Mm -hmm that is designed to be shared with other human beings. But so few of them get to get that out. And so for me, that's the passion. I want to help people get that out. And I mean, you know, when we started this, 
our typical studio package, like if we, and I encourage everybody to just build their own studio. There's no reason to come to ours because um, it just costs too much money. I mean, if you come to my studio for a year, you will have bought a studio. Right. And minimum, like you can get them for even cheaper, but I'm just saying like that you would have bought the most expensive studio if you come to my studio for a year. And that wasn't the case to start. Our first studio cost nearly six grand and that was cheap yeah. for what we were putting in. What we spend? Not spend. that. We didn't spend that. No. Okay. No. But mine was spent. That I mean, because there was a lot of R and D in it too. Yeah. Yeah. But but now, I mean, the R and D is pretty much done. I haven't add. I hadn't made any changes. The last changes we've made to our studio was was the headset mics, and there's nothing I'm even looking into. I mean, we're there. We're yeah. we're where we're we are where we're going to be until a new product is created. Right. Uh, and I'm, yeah, we'll upgrade when that happens. <laughs> you know, I'm looking for the Rodecaster Pro 2 or whatever, you know, its its predecessor becomes. Maybe another company puts out something better. But but ultimately, um, our price point has come way down. You can get a completely mobile podcasting rig from us for 2500 bucks, wow. And if you don't want it mobile, you basically save about $400. So, so $2,100 gives you exactly what we're doing here now well it's a little different than what we're doing now because we have the different mics but basically the same end result for sure um and it's easy as you well know i mean right now you know to do the audio recording of this podcast it's about five buttons and in a sequence i mean you hit record right hit the music talk hit the music when you're done then hit record to stop it's that <laughs> it's easy you say that, and sometimes I forget. Well, you know, you, know, you can write it down. <laughs> Look, I probably should. You know, I and should probably have a checklist. Not, not all podcasters are as old as you, Rick. I mean, it's <laughs> you know, you got a finite amount of space up there. <laughs> you gotta, you're gonna have to clean it out. There's from time a lot to time. of crap up there. <laughs> Talking about a plunger full of crap. Man, right. <laughs> oh gosh. So, um, I I understand that what I'm doing and. I am so grateful to God that I have a board for Oneness Ministries mm. that is totally sold out on what I'm doing. That's awesome. I've presented a vision. They've bought into it. They're letting me spend money. Now, we don't have a lot of money, so I have to do a lot of research and make sure I buy the right things. And Because I, I struggled for a long time about buying lavalier mics. Yeah. Especially for doing... Um, video work but gosh the, the 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 money you have to spend to get three of those right is a lot i mean they're like 700 bucks a piece right so and I, and even then are they gonna give you what you are wanting so no so i'm gonna i went with the shotgun mics and mm -hmm. the booms because of what i wanted to do we can get the boom out of the shot and right and get the same quality of most and, and most of the work that you see is done that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um what else you want to talk what about? What else do we want to talk <laughs> about? Um I had a question. Oh. I have a, a documentary idea. All right. That would involve you. Okay. Um cuz we've talked about this briefly. I want to do a short documentary on paintball. Oh. Wars. Mm. I just think that would be, I would like to know why people mm -hmm. do that to each other, shoot themselves 
or get shot. They never shoot themselves. <laughs> rarely. <laughs> I shouldn't say never. They rarely shoot themselves. Or let themselves get shot with these little balls filled with paint. Yeah. So I, I would like to explore. Why do people skydive? Because they need the rush. All right. I can see that. That's part of it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I know we don't have to dive into it, but it it is kind of apropos. I'm going to an event in, like, uh, three weeks, I think. Four weeks. Yeah, in Texas. And I can tell you why why I play and why I like it. Um, I'm a gun guy first, right? So, in fact, I just got a new gun I'm super excited about. It's a uh, Colt 1911 Government Series 70 Talo Edition. If anyone heard this and know what I'm talking about, they're like, oh, dang, that's cool. Yeah, Everybody I, I, else doesn't care. It's a, it's a foreign language yeah. to me. Anyway, it's a really cool. Basically, it's the, it's, yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway. Yeah, no, tell us. Basically, what is it? Well, <laughs> it is the sidearm that, that has been used. It was in, introduced and used in World War One and World War II of the U.S. Armed Forces. And so it's it, 44 caliber? 45. 45 caliber? Yep. Good. It's a 1911 and, uh, um, Browning designed it for Colt. And what I have is basically a polished up, souped up, ornamental version of that exact gun. So it's for looking at. I'm going to shoot it, but it is for <laughs> it is for looking at in general. It's a, it's what we would call an um, uh, heirloom gun. So it'll be passed down. Okay. All my guns will, but most of them won't increase in value. This one could. But... Anyway, it's a neat it's a neat gun. But what I like about the the idea of this 1911 is this design. I have three of them, uh, not of the same one, but three 1911s. The the design is over 100 years old, and really, it's what we're using still. I mean, it's still a viable, good firearm. So I, I just think that's cool in general. I mean, you know, most of the fundamental designs of firearms are ancient in those terms, but um, but this one has stayed pretty true all the way through. How does your wife feel about this addiction? Well, it's she's fine with it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm leaving it like that <laughs> because she won't listen to this, and it doesn't matter. So I can say she, in fact, she greatly encourages it. She says you should buy another gun on the regular. <laughs> Maybe not, but but I say that. Okay, so I'm a gun guy. So what what can't I do? I can't go around shooting people with it. Yeah. Can't do that. I mean, I could, but there'd be some serious repercussions. It's, well, it's limited. It the is pretty limited, you, and and it and I don't want to kill anybody. I mean, I don't want to kill anybody. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it, but if someone breaks in my house, I'm going to kill somebody. I and mean, this is pretty simple. Um, you won't use a paint gun for that. Absolutely not. No. Um, but here's the thing. So I, I, you know, we live in a, a really broken world right now, and honestly, I. I am not a I I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracyist. Okay, so like there are conspiracies that's uncovering them. Um, so I don't dive into just the strangest, weirdest things, but but trying to find the truth in some of the among the weeds a lot of times. But I believe that our country is headed towards a down a dark road, and that there may be a need for me to have to use my weapons. And I don't I don't like that idea. But I w- I love the idea. I would have loved to have been in the military. It wasn't in the cards for me. Early on in my life, I wanted to do that. And so what what playing paintball the way that I play gives me, because it is mag-fed paintball, it is uh, mission-driven, it is not... If you've played paintball before, and you don't know, you definitely don't know what I'm talking about, if you played paintball before at a local field, it is not the same. And so 
Um, it it gives you teamwork, but but some of the cool things about it is you get to hang out with your friends, you tell stories, just like playing golf, really. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, well, kind of. Well, I mean, you don't hurt yourself usually playing golf. If you do, it's your back and. <laughs> or somebody else with. The or golf somebody ball. with a gun. You're right. <laughs> um, but that's cool. You love when that happens because yeah. it's so rare. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I hit a guy right in the butt. Oh, that's ball. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Off the tee box, hopefully. Yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so I think that's the thing. But for me, my favorite part of paintball is the start of the game because they typically go they're twenty six hour scenarios, so they last twenty six hours. Now they'll they'll have some breaks every once in a while. Some of them run constant, but most of them have breaks, so you go to sleep. <laughs> but it's twenty six hours of playing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a long time. Um, but what happens is. Everybody walks around camp before you start, and they are all just bad mamma jammas. They're going to go, da-da-da, just walking around. I'm going to tear you up, you know, whatever. And then and then the horn blows to start the game. And it's the funniest thing to watch because you have, you have such a wide – everybody's demeanor settles into who they really are that fast because everyone's – macho out on you know in the thing not ever, i mean some guys have played for a long time they're just themselves but yeah. but those first time guys they're macho you know and then then the, the horn goes and they're not macho they <laughs> they're like oh crap i can get shot <laughs> and, and as soon as you have that realization that okay it's real now yeah. then you know everybody just kind of dies into their, their like i said who they actually are and so that's a lot of fun i like um working with the the people like what i do often my role in these games because they assign you know leadership roles and stuff and um i'm often a field general so what i'll do is i'll be on the front lines radioing back to command and driving some traffic you know moving guys around is that well coordinated oh very much so yeah yeah i mean pretty much every player on the field has a radio um for the most part and um, they have specific channels they're dialed into. You have command channels, you have squad channels, um, and you have a, you have goals you have to accomplish. I mean, you have to go rescue down pilots, and it's played over. For example, it's played over multiple acres. You know, twenty acres a lot of times. So you have to find the down pilot who is an actual person, and they're just you know sometimes they're told to yell, sometimes they're told just to sit there, whatever. And so the mission may be find the pilot rescue the pilot to find the pilot you have to have a medic with you you have to have certain people with you so you get handed out mos's uh, mission operational specialists um and there's about 10 of those and you have to protect them from getting shot yes in some cases not all cases yeah. every, every game has a little different set of rules but the most the ones that we enjoy the most and the ones that we play typically are about as real simulation as you can get yeah. And, and that's the fun part. I mean, I always tell people it's funny because you get no points for shooting somebody at all. It's it's the shooting somebody keeps them from accomplishing a task, and you get points for the tasks. So that's really the point of it. And, of course, the best part is if you just want to go out and shoot people, you totally can. That's <laughs> great. You don't have to participate in any of the other stuff. You can set up camp right behind this one tree and just shoot people all day. doesn't matter. And that's that's the cool thing about it is that you if you want to do that you can like we have a guy that's on our team he's on our paintball team he's eighty five, and he 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 may be retiring finally but um but like what what he did the last game we played it was uh 
well, I won't get into the details of it. It's weird, but um, he he set up camp. I mean, basically, he just tried, treated it like deer hunting. Set up in a spot, got good and camoed, and just killed anybody that came like along. a sniper or something. yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. totally. And you know, with with mag fed paintballing, like you've said, you know, we shoot projectiles that are not round balls. They look like twelve gauge slugs, and so um, you can it. They're aerodynamic, so you, they don't spin off and go in weird places like the balls do. So you can actually put a optic on your gun and point and shoot. Wow, yeah. that's fascinating. I, I, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do this documentary. Well, it's, the good news is I have a ton of footage okay. already, as far as the in-game footage. But well, let me let me uh, share with you the plan that I have in my head is that when I approach this vlog documentary, I'm I'm, I'm just going to go to documentary. Yeah, I lay down the uh, primary timeline which is the audio and sit doing the interview mm -hmm. and then we intersperse that with b-rolls and clips and stills right and as you're talking about a specific thing hopefully we have b-roll that will of show that specific thing yeah 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 so that's the plan for this stuff yeah well that's the best way to do it uh you know it's kind of funny because i i i'll uh, when we get off air, I'll show you a link to a video, or I'll send it to you at, at some point. But it's we used to so all of our guys would wear GoPros on their masks, and so we have first person video of everything we do. Yeah. And so what we would do when it was over is everybody I said told everybody trim it down, give me the best four minutes of footage if there's like six of us because that's a long video that's already. Long, yeah. So they send me their best four minutes, then I get their best minute. And then we build this video, and then me and another guy would sit down and talk while it played and okay. dialogue over that that's, video. Yeah, that's sort of the, the idea that I have. And it, and it worked pretty well. Um, we watched the video for, ahead of time, so we knew what was there, and then we went back and then just talked over it as it played and then synced up the audio. Yeah. Which is one of the harder parts of yeah of doing what we do is syncing audio with video right if you never have to see us mm -hmm. if you just hear us then it's not bad at all because you just there you don't have to match lips right <laughs> but it's when you have to and, see us and i found out that's what a slate's for yeah it yeah. makes that's that for noise so up. you can sync it all up so yeah. that was pretty interesting um we're gonna wrap this up here um but i uh, as a man in ministry and you spent your career in ministry. How do you line up what you do for fun, which is paintballing, with what you believe? Is there a way to make a connection with your life as a, a man of God, as, as because that's who we are, right? And doing this semi-violent activity, <laughs> right? You know, it's funny. Um, I don't believe uh, you can escape your. I'm going to call it an, an anointing. Okay. Um, the, the the translation of that's an equipping. Um, so if you take your equipping and you take your calling and you put those two, two things together, you have an inescapable scenario. And so for or me... Identity. You're, yeah. Yeah. And so when I got back into paintball um, was only about five years ago. And four or five years ago. And... Uh, I got into it to get uh, an escape, to relax. You know, I wasn't going to do ministry. And then I had these guys that we met, and they started reaching out to me and wanted to do a team, so we did a team. 
next thing you know, we're playing these events, and I've got these guys coming in, and now they're asking me questions about the Lord, and they're diving in with me. I didn't plan that, right? Right. Well, then I, there's a guy I met. So there's a this is a whole sub community, and it's worldwide, right? So I was doing a, a trade on a paintball marker. They're called markers, by the way. They're not guns because if you call them guns, you got problems. But paintball markers. Okay. So I, was do- <laughs> I call them guns all the time. Anyway, so I was doing this trade, and this guy, um, you know, it was an international trade site. Well, anyway, come to find out, he was actually here in Oklahoma. Uh, in fact, he was in Bethany. He wasn't far at all from where I was. So we met to do the trade. But what's really weird is it, the timing of it all. He originally, um, he spends four years out of five living in Africa and one year here. He's a missionary. But I didn't know any of that, and he didn't know. We didn't talk. Anyway, we became really great friends um, just through communicating through social media. He's He was on uh, one of my podcasts recently on really? Conversations. Yeah, that's fun. Cool name, Shadrach Black. <laughs> Love his name. Um, and just a super great dude. But he, he came back to the States um, – and he was back for two weeks, and he said, hey, can can we get together for coffee? Now, this is the thing that's kind of weird to me on the front end. He wanted to get together with me for coffee. He's back in, in the U.S. for two weeks, and he's going to burn any amount of time with a random peripheral paintball buddy. Yeah. That surprised me. Yeah. And so we got together for coffee. We spent four hours together. And one of the things that encouraged me he said I, he said i want you to know the impact you're making in paintball not just here locally but worldwide he said there are people you, i see your name come up in conversations and you're making an impact now i don't do i mean i travel to play but not crazy i mean especially since covid we don't go but texas for the most part but the thing is he was encouraging me that how God was using me, that there was, you know, he said, you are a light in this world and I don't want you to ever be discouraged or anything like that. So it was an amazing encouragement, encouraging conversation. Wow. Um, and so for me, that reconciliation just comes from availability. I, I don't ever feel the weight of doing ministry because I can't do ministry, right? It's not, um, God does ministry. Right. He just uses me. And and he uses me, and I've, I've given this analogy before, but but like a tool, right? I mean, a tool is designed to be used the way it's designed. I mean, if if we were hammers, we would think it would suck to be a hammer. That must hurt getting hit all the time, right? Yeah. Not a hammer. <laughs> a hammer doesn't think that. If a hammer could think, it wouldn't think that. Right. That's what it's designed to do. Yeah. And so when you're designed to do something, it just happens. God makes his move. And he uses you. And where we mess up is we try to do it ourselves. We we can't make the seed grow. We can cultivate the growth, but we cannot make it grow. So we can, you know, till the soil. We can plant it where it's supposed to. We can water it. That's it. We can't make it have sun. We can't make it sprout. Those are not, that's not within our ability. And so when we recognize that, then everything we do, you know, there's no difference between secular and sacred. If we are believers, everything is sacred. Everything, everything we do. Everything is sacred. Absolutely. Yep. So, I mean, short of sin, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> even that, even that, as long as we're in these earth suits, right? It's that is going to be a, a byproduct of our behavior. Right. But the beautiful thing about this is that it's resolved. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. 
it's resolved and people want to focus on it, mm-hmm. but they're focusing, focusing on something that is resolved. Yeah. What would happen if we stopped trying to make sure that we get to go to heaven yeah. and started accepting work? We're in heaven. We're going to heaven. Now what? It, what do you do after that? Let's For any human on the planet, what do you do after you've figured out you are going to heaven? Do you just sit? No. No. You no. share. You love. You give. You, you, you be in that state. You just described the parable of the talents. Right. That's what you just described. Yeah. If we accept our salvation, if we accept the fact that heaven is our future then do we bury that (laughs) and just sit and wait for that to happen no of course not of course not that would be boring i mean come on it would be boring but i know people who like it yeah but see and and here's what i would say i think you're right i think you do and i do but i don't think i don't think those people actually believe it right if they did they wouldn't be able to sit there yep, that's, right. I, that's my belief yep, but, and i agree with that yeah you know. i agree with that wow what a way to wrap this up <laughs> right <laughs> podcasting right podcasting, yes <laughs> jeremy thank you yeah man thank you and um you were on my first podcast i know and now you're on my last i will st- doesn't mean i'm going to quit yeah it just means i'm going to take a break for a few months yeah and get this other thing going and I want to pursue this paintball thing. I think it's fascinating. Oh, it's a blast, man. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. No I don't want to be involved in paintball. I don't want to get understand. shot by you don't have projectiles. <laughs> we we won't make you get shot. <laughs> we won't. But I wanna I want I, I I want people to see what you're doing. Yeah. If you were skydiving, I would be interested in that too. Yeah. I mean, I'd never do that. I would never either because, you know, there's just no reason to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. No. No. All right, you guys. Thank you for listening. Um, It's been a pleasure. I'm going to take a break for a few months, but I'll be back. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe or you will not know when he comes back. That's right. So hit the subscribe button and the like, thumbs up. I don't even think we have that. Well, yeah, there's thumbs up and you can leave a great comment if you enjoy the show. Yeah.